In today's story, a young man left behind in the ocean after a snorkel tour recounts the experience and the effects the ordeal had on him. Stay tuned. Welcome to Stories of Hope. I'm Christine Hotchkiss. Each week I bring you stories that inspire, educate, and give you hope. I want to thank my sponsor and podcast producer, The Motivated Mind Group. After a harrowing experience like being stranded in the ocean, many people would focus on the trauma and be negatively affected by it. On the other hand, it is possible to find humor in such an experience and even allow it to positively shape your life. My guest today is Michael Margettis, who was left behind in the ocean while on a snorkel tour and with the help of his father, has turned trauma into comedy. Welcome, Michael. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, you know, I come into the studio here at MMG Studios, and you're always at the desk here, and uh, someone yeah. says, hey, you got a story you want to share? And I was like, oh, yeah. definitely. So I am glad that you wanted to come and share your story, which is yeah. definitely going to be interesting, let me tell you. <laughs> a vacation trip with you and your dad is how this started. Yeah, yeah, when I was really young. So tell me, what was this trip that you and dad were on? Because I, uh, I know a little bit about it, which uh, comes to the point of where you were stranded in the middle of an ocean. Yeah, uh, a big ocean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not that there are a lot of small oceans. <laughs> no, no. Uh, so I was 10 years old, and it was summer of 2000. Okay. Uh, and me and my dad uh, always... This was the first vacation we went on, and it was after my parents' uh, divorce, and uh, me and my dad would always go on a vacation, and me and my mom would always go on a vacation, and we went to Turks and Caicos, which is an island uh, near the British West Indies, okay. kind of the Caribbean area, uh -huh. and uh, it was a really nice resort. It was like one of those all-inclusive places. So this was one of the excursions they offered? Oh, yeah. So they uh, they ran like, a, you know how a lot of resorts will like run scuba tours or snorkeling tours yeah. outside of the lobby? Yeah, I've been on a few. Yeah. Okay. So they ran that and we thought everything was right with it. So we booked this three-hour tour that was uh, taking us to like an iguana island and then a little snorkeling and then to see this thing. It was like a like all day kind of tour thing. A little a tropical thing. Yeah, yeah. And so you found yourself on a small boat uh, with other people? Uh, I would say, including us, about 12. Okay, okay, so a, a good handful. Yeah. So, so you guys were out there snorkeling, and when did you realize that you were out there by yourself? Oh, uh, so we were snorkeling, we got off the boat, and then... We, because we wander a little bit, because when you're snorkeling, you're paying attention to the fish, so yeah. you kind of wander. And I got stuff stuck in my mask, so I resurfaced and saw everyone getting back on the boat. So I tapped my dad on the shoulder and I said, "Hey, everyone's getting back on the boat." So we start swimming towards the boat, and then we hear, <gasps> and it's the engine starting up. Okay. And then my dad's like, "Oh, they're gonna circle back and get us because yeah. they don't want us wait for us to swim all the way there." Right, right. And then it just <laughs> takes off, and we're waiting for it to turn and waiting for it to turn and it just disappears no. my dad's screaming at him i'm screaming at him we're both panicked at this point we look around and one thing you never want to see when you're stranded in the middle of the ocean is no sign of land anywhere that was going on my mind plus other things in the water but you said the water was clear so. mostly clear but mostly. I, I feel like we were at an area where like 
once you got under there, what a mask, it was clear, but like there was some ambiguities like above the surface. Okay, so you didn't see land, but you saw the boat go bye-bye. Yeah. What uh, were you feeling? Oh, uh, I don't, from what I remember, just like fear, like kind of like, this is it, I'm dying. <gasps> this is how I die. And luckily, my dad, you know, was there and to be like, no, this is fine. We're going to live. Uh he basically had a plan where he saw, we both saw a little white speck and we decided that that had to be land. Sometimes it's a mirage. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we were, as my dad tells the story, he says it could have been just like a piece of garbage floating far oh, away. No. But we just, at that point, you kind of just have to make a decision. Yeah. Now a lot of people will tell you, just wait for them to come back and get you. Not me, I'm no, out of there. <laughs> because if Bye. they're dumb enough to leave you there, they're not gonna come back. So you guys didn't stay is what I'm assuming because you saw that speck and that speck you thought was land? Yeah. Okay. Um, we prayed hoped it was land yeah so we just swam we actually had a underwater disposable camera you know in the little plastic yeah so we were actually taking photos of like you know to document okay so you're in panic and you're taking pictures at the same time yeah but uh just a few because humor yeah we're swimming for five and a half hours excuse me yeah five and a half hours now a lot of it i don't remember because i think i just I was in such a panic that I just kind of, my mind condensed that period of time. You had to have been tired. Tired. Yeah, I had a life preserver on. Okay. My dad didn't. Uh, No. Yeah, because he didn't think he needed one. He's a pretty good swimmer. We're both better on in water than we are on land. (laughs) Uh, But I feel like I'm lucky I was so young because I was... Resilient. Resilient, but also like, I feel like when you're that age, you don't have nearly as many anxieties and you don't understand things as well. Would you say that maybe it was the fight or flight that both your dad and you had going on? Yeah, yeah. especially my dad, because my dad later told, he later told me that like it was so bad that if it if I wasn't there with him, he might have just like drowned himself, which is an insane thing to say, but like, is. that is exactly. So you guys found... You know, because it was during Hurricane Debbie. Oh, no. <laughs> so <laughs> it started one. storming during it. And I'm asking my dad, are there any sharks in this water? And, I was going to ask. And my dad's like, no, absolutely not. And that's not true. <laughs> that's but my biggest what fear. are you going to tell your 10-year-old son, you know? Swim faster. Swim fast, <laughs> yeah. Know. What were you taking photos for if you guys had thought that they weren't there was a time where you weren't going to make it. What were you taking the pictures? I'm all about taking pictures. If kind of like, you know, like message in a bottle oh. where it was like they would have been found wow. because on that roll were pictures, not just of us underwater, but like of me and my dad on vacation. So if that were to ever surface anywhere and they would tie that to like all this stuff in the water, they would be like, Oh no. Cause you'd see the progression of like the photos taken you know, like me and my dad on vacation, having dinner, getting on a boat, eerie photos far out in the water, and then just someone finds the camera after but that not point. The people. Yeah, it seems like that would kind of paint the picture pretty clearly. Another shark movie. Yeah, but mostly <laughs> like at the at the same time, I think we we're taking it in the event that we made it back, that we would have documentation. Um. Five and a half hours of swimming is a long time. It is a very long time. I can only imagine how tired your body was, but 
your mind and your dad's mind was probably very active. Was there like certain conversations you guys were having or a heart to heart while you were out there in the middle of the ocean trying to figure out how to get back to some way of putting your feet back on the ground, so to speak? Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> so the first thing that crossed my mind was that I was never going to grow up. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which is and here we heavy. tell people yeah. to grow up. And, oh, wow. Yeah, I was never going to grow up. I was never going to become an actor, which is something I wanted even back then. Oh, you then. knew then? Okay. Yeah, because I did a lot of community theater and stuff like that. Uh, I was like, I'm never going to, you know. Uh, <laughs> have your first girlfriend. Have my first girlfriend. <laughs> all the stuff, all the like, you know, things like get a car, get married, have a kid. Like it's just like kind of like realizing none of that was going to happen for me. We kind of had a moment out there where we were apologizing to each other for stuff that we did. That's what I wanted. To want, I was wondering. Which is kind of like the conversation you have when you think both of you yes. are going to die. Um, he was apologizing for more like heavy stuff, obviously. Like, I'm sorry if I was like emotionally unavailable. I'm sorry if I was too much like my own dad as a father. Mm. I'm sorry, you know, that I, I constantly yelled at you for whatever. Like, you know, my parenting style was like this. And then my stuff was like, I'm sorry, but I say the F word a lot when you're not around. <laughs> like, we won't do that here. <laughs> no. But like, you know, stuff like what kids do yeah, yeah. It, that they're embarrassed and don't want their parents to know about. Yeah. But in the grand scheme of this, my dad laughed because it was like, ultimately, like, I don't, I mean, that doesn't mean anything out there. No. I was like, my dad's not going to be upset. I'm like saying the F word as a kid when we're both going to drown. <laughs> so know? instead of being in the moment of the panic, yeah, were there any lighter parts of it? Like going back into like remembering certain things that you would do? Because in your mind, you're thinking this is it. Yeah. Did you have like any memories you guys talked back and forth about? Like, oh, I remember when you threw a ball out and you missed it and you tripped over. I mean, anything that was fun or funny? It's weird because there are like certain chunks of this experience missing for me, which I equate to being too young okay. or being traumatized. Sure. Uh, but then there are like little moments that don't seem to be that substantial that I just remember super vividly. What part, of, what vividly did you remember? Uh, like the way that the disposable cameras uh like you know the clicky thing the rolling thing when you're rolling oh, it up for another yeah, thing how yeah. that felt the like next on my frame. thumb okay uh also just like how it felt how the wind felt when it started to get kind of stormy and then there are dumb things like i remember specifically like people we were making fun of on the snorkeling tour before we got left out did you guys get to an emotional part where you were just about to break where you cried um yeah when i when it started storming mm. and when i was talking about never being an actor oh. yeah. what part of the storm triggered you for that uh just the fact that it was like it felt <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than it felt like uh, like life was giving us the middle finger on top of everything. Wow. And it like just, <laughs> I, 
I mostly when I, I was like, I think I was just angry because it like it just felt like like God was taunting us. Like on top of everything, it was like not only do I have this situation for you, but here's some lightning. Like just like you know, felt like someone giving you the finger and then speeding their car away from you. <laughs> like I, I know it's weird to describe it that way, but like that is honestly. I know how I felt and my dad felt in the moment. Uh, so was it really windy? The water was moving you around? I mean, maybe that's why there was the five and a half hours. Yeah. Because of all of it probably being pushed around. I mean, give me a little bit more of a yeah. visual on that one. Well, so it was like it started like just, you know, like you hear the crack of thunder and then you see like you know, the sky getting kind of darker and it's getting windier and like, we're thinking like, oh crap. And like, you know, you hear hearing like kind of like lightning, whatever. Uh, I remember just being at the en- end of my rope at that point and I'm not very religious uh, at all. And I kind of chalked this up to maybe just like a coincidence, but I remember screaming stop and then it just stopped right after. Stop what? The storm? Yeah. Oh. And it was a really weird moment. It felt like some kind of like maybe divine presence cutting us a break. <laughs> oh, I'll go with that. Yeah. So you guys found the speck to be land and you got there. Yeah. Obviously you're sitting here. Mm-hmm. I bet you were really tired. Oh, we were exhausted. The biggest thing I remember is swimming and just my toes hitting the sand knowing that we were in water that was shallow enough to like actually kind of graze up. the sand below. That was the biggest moment of relief for me. Um, and we eventually arrived on land and we were exhausted. We took like, I want to say like 20 to 30 minutes just kind of laying there being like, okay, so we're alive. And I remember the first thing that happened when we were laying there in the sand was uh, a golden retriever came up to us. What? And started licking us, and we we're petting it. We're both love dogs. Sure. Uh, and we decided, okay, we don't know where we are. Mm-hmm. We could be on the island the resort is. We could be in the Dominican Republic for all that we know. Uh, but all the houses along the beach are boarded up because it's during Hurricane Debbie, and a lot of people okay. left. Okay. As we kind of walk deeper into the town. There's people there, and uh, none of them speak English, so we didn't exactly know what to do. Uh, And we ran across a group of Canadian construction workers. They were there uh, on freelance building some kind of resort that would be new there. Uh, And we went up to them, and we told them our situation. We told them where we were staying. And they were like, wow, you guys uh, are going to need a ride back to your resort because it's a 15-minute drive and probably like a two-hour walk. And we were like, like, could you give us a ride? Absolutely. So they give us a ride and we tell them the story and they can't believe it because they were like, you know, just working near the beach on a construction project and then a guy and his son walk up up the shore yeah in full snorkel gear so we had like the fins on the mass the snorkel thing we probably you know look like martians uh so they took you to the hotel yeah well yeah the resort yeah um and we got there (laughs) Uh sorry this is really funny to me uh, in hindsight. Sure. And like, honestly, I think my dad laughed 
when it happened because it was so ridiculous. So we get dropped off there and we're about to walk, in, walk into the hotel. And they're very big on at this resort, like, uh, what do you call it, hospitality. Uh-huh. So the first thing they ask us is they have a, this guy has a giant smile on his face and he goes, how was your day today, man? Oh. And it was just like the question was so funny considering what and it you happened. had all yeah and you had all your gear with you they're yeah. probably thinking uh, not everyone just walks to the front door with yeah. their gear on ready to go I I think the guy was like kind of wondering that but like it seemed like something he just said to everyone who walked up like it was like a you know like if, if you're the door greet man you probably say the same thing to everyone sure. uh, so we were like not very good mon <laughs> not very good. <laughs> no. And we we're like, we need to, sp-. my dad was like, we need to speak to your manager right now. I mean, this was like very much like the ultimate, we need to speak to your manager moment. Um, and they, the first thing I remember they offered is they're like, well, our food and drink manager is here. My dad's like, no, <laughs> like, and he was like explaining to them what happened and how serious it was. I mean, we're just very grateful to get out of the situation alive. And this again was one of their tours that was on site that they booked. Yeah. So did they not know that you two were not accounted for? Because I don't know the safety. We know how it is here in the oh, States. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Would they have not realized that uh, there was two less people that had signed up for this excursion that didn't come back? Oh, they knew. And the reason they knew is because everyone who was on that tour besides <laughs> us stormed the front desk and said, there is a man and his son that are missing. So they remembered, but they, they didn't stop the boat from coming back. Yeah. Oh, no. And the hotel told them, probably an hour and a half into our swim, they've been located, they're on their way back, everything's fine. None of which was true. Yeah, because you didn't have any special technology on your on your suits no. and everything for them to say, oh, there's a beacon right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Moving. Okay. No, we definitely weren't Navy SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> Probably could be now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, seriously. But that was amazing. So we basically talked to the guy and they're like, well, we're flying in the real manager of this place. Uh, tomorrow morning so you can talk to him and then they try to be like is there any way we can settle this by offering to comp your uh, phone bill oh dear and we're like no like first of all who are we calling <laughs> on vacation no i'm like we're not making a bunch of long distance calls to family members we're here for seven days okay which by the way let me uh, mentioned that after we see them and they tell us they're flying in the manager the next day, we leave the office and kind of walk back to our hotel room. But on the way, we pass everyone who was on the tour with us <gasps> banded together in a group. Like the only thing they were missing were torches and pitchforks. And they come towards us and they're like, you're alive. And they're like, we stormed the front desk and they told us oh. you were all right. And we were like, no, that wasn't the case. And we, we were like, what happened? Why did you leave us? What happened? And they were like, well, no one noticed at first, but like about like, half an hour after we left the snorkeling location, some people were like, hey, what happened to that guy and his son? So at the end of the tour, everyone's taking their bags off and they notice me and my dad's bags are left there. And they tell the snorkeling tour guide and the guy's response is, I don't care, I'm going home. Oh no. So 
when we're in that office and we're talking with them, they said, do you want to, we need, we want to bring the tour guide here so he can apologize to you. And my dad's like, don't bring him anywhere near me because I'll, I'll kill him. And I don't want to spend the rest of my life in, in a, in a prison in Turks and Caicos. <laughs> but I will say this. Yes. When we, the scariest thing and the thing that like really upset me and my dad was, so we asked after all this, we were talking to the manager and we're like, so you're going to fire this guy, right? And they go, let's just say he'll be working a long time with no pay. Oh, no. Which is kind of like the setup for like a horror movie sequel. Because <laughs> like, okay. it's like, now he has n- no dangling carrot to not leave people out there. No, it's no. like what's gonna happen? What did he do after we left? Um, yeah, that was disconcerting to us. But basically, they gave us a free trip back there next la- the following year. That's a pretty traumatizing thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I had a visual this entire time because one of my biggest fears is getting stuck in the ocean. Yeah, and I don't get in the water if I can't see in it. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. love to snorkel. I've done my share of snorkeling, and I would love to do scuba diving. But I just mm-hmm. have that fear of what if I don't come out of it? You know, so I'll I'll watch other people do it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you had some times where you're a little traumatic and had to process it. Maybe even had nightmares. Oh yeah, the the, um, <laughs> the first night back, I had a nightmare that I woke up and it was nighttime and I was out in the ocean, kind of like an old Twilight Zone switcheroo where we never made it out alive. It's which, not Wilson the ball for no, no. Like no. the dream had been us finding land, <laughs> which I mean I laugh now because mm-hmm. it's like so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, Mother Nature is scary and the ocean is scary. The the ocean is scarier than any villain. It's not forgiving. No. It's absolutely not forgiving. Because you can't reason with it. Mm-mm. It's not evil. It's just not human. It's not it it's nothing you can reason with. It's Mm-mm. it's a thing. Can't stop it. Yeah. So what do they say? It's a force not to be reckoned with. Oh yeah. Have you gone out of the water since? Yeah. Okay. So you didn't allow this situation or give you fear for the rest of your life to go back in the water? No, no, because it wasn't the water I was afraid of as much as uh, the notion of going scuba diving or snorkeling in a foreign country. Mm. They don't have the same regulations. Mm-hmm. You've gotten past the trauma part of it where you can yeah. actually go in the water. You're not um, shy to talk about a, a situation that some people would say I just don't want to talk about anymore yeah but you're a comedian and and I know you're a comedian that you have taken this story and used it as part of your stage presence oh yeah 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 and that would bring a whole different kind of com- comedy to people going mm-hmm. is he for real because I don't know about you com- comedians yeah. can come up with some really interesting things you go oh yeah is he real yeah we're all liars and fabricators but this <laughs> but is this absolutely one's real. real yeah so do you feel that that humor is what gets you through everything that you've been through? Because some people don't have a funny bone, just saying. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is really the best way. And not just for like ridiculous things where you're left in the middle of the ocean or experience like a life-altering event, but just like the dumb, hard-to-deal-with day-to-day crap. Honestly, it does. If you can laugh at it and have a perspective of it outside of your own, I think it's just... it's. I don't know. I think it's healthier. To laugh? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 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 I think 
maybe what I'm trying to say is just like the world's crazy, yep. insane, and sometimes it makes no sense and things tend to just happen. And maybe we get upset that we can't control it, but we need to realize we just can't control it. Right. And we need to just take a deep breath and just whatever will be, will be. Some trips are not always going to be uh, beautiful, but you know, you talked about one that uh, you found beauty in the trauma, and that's what I do here is well, yeah, sharing yeah. stories to help people get through a situation, not mm-hmm. to provide fear by any means, and so you find comedy in it. And I guess mm-hmm. with all the different things you talked about that were not so great, whether it was mm-hmm. the guide leaving you out there after everyone said, hey, there's some people still out there, and he didn't care, or the way that you guys were treated when you came back to the resort, which was was fixed, yeah. kind of, sort of, rectified. Um, what would you have? What would be the takeaway for anyone else on this particular excursion, or this idea of having an excursion like this in another country? Uh, well, I would say <laughs> make sure they do a head count. Yes. Make sure the tour guide knows who you mm-hmm, are. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, do some like just make yourself memorable <laughs> so they know not to leave you out there. Don't stray from the group. Mm-hmm. But honestly, like, don't let stuff like this hold you back from doing things you want to enjoy. You know, there's obviously the difference between doing something really dumb that's, like, extremely dangerous and, like, not, like, not wanting to do just regular day things because there's a minor chance this will happen. I think, yeah, just live your life and realize that, like, you might have an experience like this, but it's out of your hands. Absolutely. You know, and it's not, I think a lot of people sometimes think when bad things happen to them that it's a punishment and it's not, it's just kind of like, it's, it maybe seems like cruel how random life can be. Oh, it's random. All right. Just as you think you're going in one direction, it's going to get steered another. Yeah. Yeah. But I think for everything that's like awful about it, there's just as much that's good. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If you dwell on, like you said, if you dwell on the stuff that was not so good, yeah. you're not living your life. No, 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 no. You're going to keep holding on to that, and it's just going to keep you in that same spot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you had uh, an opportunity to uh, enjoy part of the trip that you were on. Oh, and that most you of did it. Survive. <laughs> most of it. Okay, yeah. good. And you did survive, and then I believe we're going to have some pictures of the actual time yeah. when you guys were out there swimming to find that little white speck to be land. Yeah. And to get back to life. And your relationship with you and your dad after that, was it better, different? Um, You know, me and my dad had a really close relationship uh, after him and my mom separated because I would be split time like with him and then with my mom. So me and my dad would like really bond over like movies and all this stuff. I'm sure you bonded over this trip. Over so. this, yeah, <laughs> because we would each tell our individual Versions friend groups out. of this to okay. people. My dad has his own version, Absolutely. which is, you know, the same events as what happened with mine, just from a different perspective. Correct. Well, you're a kid. He's the adult and he's the parent. Oh, yeah. You have to be strong for your kids. Yeah. Otherwise, like my dad said, if he was alone, he would be more like he wouldn't have that attached to it as much. Maybe a little bit in the sense of like he needs to be around for me later, but like I think his main priority in that situation was keeping me safe. And you are and you're and here. Yeah, I so I have a final question. Yeah. 
If I only had one question to ask an individual to get an idea of what they're about, yeah. it would be this one. It has nothing to do with life preservers. Oh, well, I guess okay. it could actually. It depends on your answer. What message would you like to leave everyone based on your short journey of your life so far? Uh, kind of like, you know how Nike says, just do it. Yes. Kind of like that. Like just, just push yourself every day to do things you normally wouldn't. Because even though it can maybe lead to disaster more times than not, it's going to open your eyes to things you didn't think were possible uh, for you. So yeah, take risks, take chances, do things you normally wouldn't do because you have one life and this is it. So, mm-hmm. you know, do it, definitely. Just do it. Thank Just you, do Michael. It. Yeah. I appreciate you. And thank you for sharing your story. Oh, thanks for having me. And I guess maybe I'd say welcome to that second chance of life because some oh, people yeah. would have given up, like you said. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the rest of us, we would just want to give up. We can't just give up. It doesn't no, work that way. It absolutely does not. No. Thank you for being my guest no. today. This inspiring story was brought to you by MMG, your global creative agency based right here in downtown Chandler. Mm-hmm.